0: Tonight we're going to be looking at 2 Timothy, chapter 1, and we will also be looking at chapter 3 as well, as we think about a home built on the Lord. Really, there are two options in life. Either I can build our homes on the Lord, or we can build our homes on the world, right? Right? I mean, hopefully and prayerfully, we're striving to the best of our ability to be able to build our homes on the Lord Jesus Christ and Him only. In looking at 2 Timothy chapter 1, we have a passage here that helps bring to mind the blessings of building our homes on the Lord. Look, if you will, to what Paul records beginning in verse 3 of chapter 1. When he says, I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, but without ceasing, that I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desert, desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Several things that I want us to think about tonight. The first has to do with the foundation of faith. Now, Paul was writing to Timothy, and Timothy, as you know, is called by Paul, his own son in the faith. Now, back in chapter one of his first letter to Timothy, Timothy had a godly family. His mother and his grandmother were of a Jewish descent. His father was of a a Grecian origin based on Acts 15, verse 1. But Paul, in writing to Timothy, recalls the genuine or the unseen faith that dwelt first in his grandmother, and then he said, in his own mother also. And then he goes on to say, and I am persuaded that it is in you also, Timothy. So as we think about the three generations that have been impacted for the Lord, I want to suggest tonight in our study that blessed homes are those that are built on the Lord. You can write that down. Blessed homes are those that are built on the Lord. The psalmist in Psalm 127 and verse 1 said, Except the Lord build the home, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. There are a lot of people in our world today that are trying to build their home on anything and everything but the Lord as sad as it might be. And ultimately, of course, that kind of mindset is futile. And so what we want to do is emphasize the importance of building our homes on God and His Word. Think with me about what Jesus said in Matthew 7 and verse 24 and following, where He talked about the importance of hearing His Word and also doing. He said in verse 24, He says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto him a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. What we want to encourage people to do is to build their homes on that solid rock, that solid rock that we call Christ and His Word. Now, as we think about the foundation of Timothy's faith, that foundation or origin, no doubt, was traced back to his family members. And ultimately, the Apostle Paul had a part in his conversion to the very cause of Christ as well. But here we have been, there have been others in the Bible that we can read about who sought to lay a proper foundation for their home. Let me give you just two other examples. First of all, I think about Joshua. We all seem to know Joshua 24 and verse 15, where Joshua, you recall, was a successor to Moses and Moses had been the great lawgiver and the leader of ancient Israel And Joshua was called upon to be able to lead the people of God into the promised land. Now Joshua was a great and faithful man. But in Joshua 24, 15, Joshua said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Would it not be great if every father today had that kind of mentality? It would be great. Would it not be wonderful if every father chose to be a spiritual leader in the home and ultimately set the tone in the home that along the same lines by making the statement that as for me and my house we shall serve the Lord. Now, we may not have a lot of influence in the lives of other people, but hopefully and preferably we do because it's either a good or a bad influence that we might exhibit to somebody else. But there's one thing that we can do, and that is that we can make sure that our homes are founded on the Lord. Now, we want to do everything that we can to build our homes on the Lord. Now, one other example that we need to look at tonight as well would be Hannah in First Samuel 1 and verse 12 or verse 2 we read about the prayers of Hannah now Hannah wanted a son she wanted a son and she prayed diligently to Almighty God for a child and in first Samuel 1 verses 27 and 28 she said for this child I prayed and the Lord had given me my petition which I asked of him therefore also I've lent him to the Lord she went on to say as long as he liveth he shall be lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. If you want to talk about a godly mother or godly parents, here was a godly mother. A godly mother, and her desire was to give her son Samuel into the service of Almighty God. And you can read about that life of Samuel by reading the Old Testament. But let me give you a couple of passages of Scripture that I think will help us understand the godliness of Samuel. In 1 Samuel 2, we read about his growth. It says there in verse 26, And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. But there are also other verses that precede that, showing to us the service that this young child offered unto God. In 1 Samuel 2 and verse 18, the Bible says, But Samuel ministered unto the Lord, being a child girded with a linen ephod. Sometimes I think we sell our young people too short, don't we, sometimes? I mean, sometimes we may not give them the credit that they are due in terms of what they have to offer the Lord. But here was a godly mother that prayed for a child. She prayed for this child, Samuel. God granted her her prayer. And as a result of that, she said, listen, I'm going to give this child in the service to the Lord. And about three times in 1 Samuel 2, the Bible speaks of Samuel ministering between or before the Lord. And it's also noteworthy. That the Bible underscores this idea that he served or ministered before the Lord even as a child. Even as a child. And so you and I today, we talk about the foundation or origin of faith. But when you look at Timothy, the life of Timothy, you can see that there was a godly lineage. His mother and his grandmother. God goodly women but there is a second thing that i want you to notice with me as we look at second timothy as we think about the foundation of his faith we also read about the formation of his faith go with me if you will to second timothy chapter 3 and in chapter 3 and verse 15 this is what paul said concerning timothy and that from a child thou hast known The Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, in the New King James Version, the word childhood is employed there. In the English Standard Version, the word babe is used. And really, the word in the original is brephos, which denotes anything from a baby to an infant. It could be a child in the womb or out of the womb. I'm not sure how old Timothy was when he began to be schooled by his mother and grandmother, but we do know that mothers start talking to their children while they're still in the womb all the time. They talk to those children. But we understand here that at a very early age, they began instructing him in the truths of Almighty God. Now we can ask this question, when did that training begin? Well, the Bible says that it was in his childhood. Think about how important it is for us to lay a foundation in the lives of our children. Get them while they're early, right? Get them while they're still in the children age, when they're that young age. When is the best time to begin teaching our young people? When they're very young, right away. I think about the importance of teaching our children when they're just toddlers. I can remember many years ago when Chad and Caleb were just babies, maybe three or four months of age at the time. We took them to the cradle roll class. And sometimes people will ask, well, how can a child learn when he or she is three or four months old? Well, they learn from songs, from singing, the padding of the Bible the B-I-B-L-E, or whatever it might be. They they will teach them how to, what is all most important about God and Jesus and the Bible itself. I know that the ladies who teach those children, number one, have a lot of patience. You know, sometimes these children will scream and they'll cry for their parents. But they will sing songs and they will try to acquaint them with this book that we call the Bible. They will have a Bible sitting there, they will pat that Bible, they will sing a song. What are they doing? They're laying a foundation. They're laying a foundation, but they're teaching and instructing them as well. As a toddler, one of the best ways to do that is by song or by singing. And then as they begin to grow, we begin to verbally teach them concepts from what? From scripture from scripture and so in looking at Timothy the Bible says that from childhood that is from infancy they had made him knowledgeable in the word of God now you can go back to Deuteronomy chapter 4 and you can be able to read about Moses legislating this idea before the children of Israel they were to teach their children diligently I think you can underline that word if you find it there in Deuteronomy 4, diligently in the law of God. Now, if we wait until our children reach their teenage years, you're already too late. They're gone. They're already at that point. Now, not all teenagers. I'll, I'll tell you, and I'll grant you that. But it may be too late. It may very well be the case that we will lose them. Not in all cases, though. But we want to do, what we want to do is to lay a foundation, if you will, and to lay it as early as possible. That's why it's important, that's why it's important for us as parents to begin this training process as early as possible. And that is one of the reasons why it's so important to be at worship on a regular basis as well. And hopefully we'll be able to get back to Bible classes where the teachers can teach those children and also have that opportunity. Uh, before they're gone, once more, forever, evermore. We can't go back and recapture that. We can't. That's why it's so important for us to take advantage of the time that we have with our children. Now, we ask the question, where did Timothy's training begin? Well, it began in his childhood. But here's a second question. Where or what was his training in Look again at 2 Timothy 3, and verse 15. Paul said, And that from a child thou hast known, what? Oh, the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. How important are these scriptures? They're very important. Just read only verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? Verse 17. So that, the, so that man could be profitable, right? Will be able to gain all that they can from those scriptures. You know, one of the things that we want to impress upon our young people is that we want to impress upon our homes is the fact that the word of God is Profitable so that we can be complete it will bless your life i can promise you that if you choose to ignore this book if you choose to ignore the pages of the bible you're going to pay a heavy price no doubt and not only will you pay a heavy price but your children will one day reap very sad consequences paul said all scripture not just some not just ones that you picked out not just ones that maybe somebody else that you look up to, picked out. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. So that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That's why these scriptures are very, very important. You want your children to be complete? To be a whole? To be whole in life? Do you want them to be satisfied to understand what the purpose of life is really all about? Let me tell you that the best way to do that is to teach them God's word, to teach them the Bible. Let me tell you th- what you need to teach them. This book. You need to teach them what this book has to say. There are times that we put a lot of emphasis, if you will, on secular education. And, that's, and there's nothing wrong with secular education right? Many of us have benefited from our education, our secular schools. But if we fail to teach our children the Bible for their spiritual state, I can assure you we will pay a heavy price. And so what we want to do is to make sure that we instruct them in the pages of God's Word. And here's what Paul said in Ephesians 6 and verse 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So what is my responsibility as a parent? What is your responsibility as a parent? To teach your children the truth of Almighty God from the pages of God's Word. To invest in their lives, their spiritual lives. Now, there are a lot of people that have spent a lot of money sending their children to school. And I think about the money that you can spend just getting a secular education in today's market. But truly, the best investment that you can make is to teach your children what the Bible has to say. And they will be blessed immensely. And so will you as well. Now, there's a third thing that I think we see looking into the life of Timothy. We've talked about the foundation of his faith and the formation of his faith. And really we're stressing the orientation to his faith in Almighty God. But somebody has to take the time to teach, to instruct. Let me just pause here and let's, let's make this observation. If you have or if you had godly Christian parents, I would encourage you to get down on your knees and thank almighty God that you had good godly parents. There are a lot of people in our world today that they have not been blessed as many of you and I have. But I tell you what, we can make the change today. So that five years or ten years from now, if I was asked that same question, every one of you should be able to get down on your knees and be thankful that you had good godly parents. But it's up to us to make the change now. We could ask your children five, ten years from now. Did you have good godly parents? Oh, you know we did. We knew, you know we did. I, I have benefited from a Christian home. And you can actually tell from those who have been, that have benefited from a good good Christian home. When you look at their lives, you can tell. I see the chaos that exists in our world today. And I see some of the problems that young people are facing. Sexual immorality, alcoholism, drug abuse, and no respect for authority. Theft, disobedience, and and, and yet the list goes on and on and on. You know them. You know all the things. And yet Christian parents can help put their children on that right track. And you and I as Christian parents, as mothers and fathers, we have the opportunity to put our children on that proper path for life. Number three, let us think about the fortification of his faith. That's number three. We talk about the foundation of his faith, the formation of his faith, but also the fortification of his faith. Now, there are some obligations that were been entrusted into the hands of Timothy. Now, Timothy is called, uh, of course, by Paul as his own son in the faith. But there were some very important things that Paul had instructed Timothy, if you will, to do in this life. Number one, Paul said, you need to be strong and faithful doctrinally. What is it that you and I as parents want for our children? We want our children to maintain faithfulness to the word of God. And by that I simply mean we want them to follow New Testament Christianity. There is so much out there in our world today that is teaching everything totally against New Testament Christianity. They want you just to go out there and get among the trees and and worship God. Is that what God asked us to do? It's it's wonderful to be able to go out there and see God's creation. And to thank God for his creation. That he has created a world in which we can live. I can breathe. I can eat. I can do all these other things. The blessings that we talked about even this morning as well. But all of this because of God. But now I want you to look at what Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 1 in verse 13. Hold fast the form or the pattern of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Sound doctrine is simply healthy doctrine, if you will. Healthy doctrine. It is that teaching that comes from a divine source and that divine source is almighty God. It is teaching that comes from not only a divine source, but it's from the Word of that divine source. Because He has instructed us. He has written it down for us. That's how we can know God. We want our children to stay true to the Word, right? We want them to stay true to the Bible. Now back in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 16, Paul said, Take heed unto yourself. And unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing so thou shalt save thyself and both thyself and them that hear thee. Was Paul immersed in what Timothy believed and what he practiced? Well, you better believe he was. I mean, he was very much interested and immersed in what Timothy believed and what he preached. Now, I've, I've known folks in days gone by who have been taught up in uh, Christian homes or brought up in Christian homes and they're not even faithful today I have seen individuals that have left the church I've seen young people that have been brought up in the Lord's church and you know where they are today whether some today are in denomination denominations some uh, of them are not even attending anywhere I just did a funeral not too, not too long ago and Good godly parents. The, the, the father had died a, a while back. And, and now the mother had died. And, and the, the children are doing this memorial for this particular person. And uh, when she just died. And, and I said, well, you know, knowing your mother and father and, and how faithful they were to the word. Uh, and I just learned that you live in the area. I mean, Clearwater. And I said, where are you attending? Oh, we're not going anywhere. What do you mean? You're not attending. I pulled out my card and I said, I want to see you Sunday. Of course, they didn't come. But it put a spark in their mind. Because I said, your mother right there that you just buried, and you talked about how good and godly she was and faithful to the Lord and how she loved the singing of the songs and she would have just loved this memorial of how well they talked about her as a good, godly parent. It would do your mother good to know that you're back in service. She goes, I know. I said, well, then it's up to you to make the difference. I hope to see you soon. I've been looking for her to come through those doors. I want to hug her to know that she finally made it and that she's come back and that she will continue to keep coming back and doing what's right so that even her children can say, that was a good, godly mother and we know where she's going. I want us to think about that We need to get to work. We want our young people to stay true to the Word of God, but we've got to teach them. In 2 John 9, John said that, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, listen to him, hath not God. If I leave the doctrine, the teaching of our Lord, if I turn a deaf ear to the New Testament, Christianity, then ultimately my relationship with the Lord, with God the Father, is going to be impacted, impeded. That's why it's so important for us to teach our children to stay true to the Bible. And I, like many of you, we probably have all known people that have been brought up in Christian homes. Let me just make this statement in connection with what we're talking about. If as a Christian parent, you did everything you knew to do in rearing your children in the Lord. And I mean, you did everything possible. And you did your dead level best. And your children are not faithful today. My encouragement to you is don't beat yourself up. Because if you did your dad level best and they have wandered off as, a, as a, an adult, it's not your fault. And the reason that I say this is because we have to understand that everyone, every person is accountable to God and our children will ultimately move out and live on their own. Now we're going to beat ourselves up because we're going to think where did I go wrong that they have went off? But you have to do your dead level best. You have to try your best in every way to teach them So that once they leave home, they are no longer under your supervision any longer. They are no longer under our law, so to speak, of our home. They are free moral agents. They have the ability, just like we do, to make the choices. Sometimes they will make the wrong choices. Sometimes they will make good choices. And that's the good choices that we want them to make. And that's to come back to the Lord like that one lady I was talking about. But ultimately they have to stand on their own and they will have to give an account to God themselves. And so if you've done what God has asked you to do and your children are not faithful to God, my encouragement to to you is not to beat yourself up. There are a lot of parents today in the church who did their best. They tried to rear, rear their children in the Lord. They tried to teach them, instruct them about what God's word has to say. And their children, once they left home, they went into the world and now they're not faithful. Whose fault is it? Not your fault. Not if you did your best. So what is it that we want for our children? We want them to stay faithful to the Lord. Look at, life, look at the life of Timothy. Three generations of people who served the Lord. His grandmother, his mother. And now Paul is saying, Timothy, you are serving the Lord. Wouldn't it be great if all of us could look back in our family tree... And say, you know what, my great grandmother, she served the Lord. I was just talking to somebody just the other day, and they were talking to me, talking to me, how they looked into their family tree. You know how the, the all these different programs are out there, and they said, did you know my great, great, great grandfather was a preacher of the Lord? I mean, in the Church of Christ. Yeah. What happened? through the years you see some got away some got away from the truth of god's word but wouldn't it be wonderful to say and look back and say in our family tree my great-grandmother served the lord my mother my grandmother served the lord my mother served the lord i'm serving the lord my parents served the lord how wonderful The problem is, sometimes as parents, we don't do our job in the home. And because we failed in teaching and instructing our children, they're not faithful anymore. They're not faithful today. What's the most important thing in your life? If I was to ask you that question, what's the most important thing in your life? What would you say? If if you were to list just three things most important to you, what would they be? Let me tell you what ought to be at the top of the list. The top of the list ought to be your faith in the Lord, your service to Almighty God. Jesus said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, Matthew 6, 33. Our ultimate goal, our desire, ought to be to go to heaven. If I was to take a poll, who all wants to go to heaven? Everybody would be raising their hand. But who wants to die to get there? Who wants to live faithfully to know that they... Heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. We need to be prepared. That's our ultimate goal, isn't it? To go to heaven. But then right up under that ought to be our desire to see our children one day go to heaven. Right? Let me tell you, it would break my heart to think that my sons would not be in heaven. All because of my lack of influence or because of my failure to teach them what the Bible says. We only have our children for a very limited amount of time. We gotta do whatever we can. What we want to do is to instruct and teach them so that one day they can go out into this world and they can live faithfully to Almighty God. Oh, they might have wandered off. They might have wandered off, but I'm doing everything possible to make sure they come back. I got grandchildren too, I'm gonna teach them. We only have them for a very limited amount of time. What we want to do is instruct and teach them. One day, they will be able to go home and be with God in heaven and with us. It's important that we stress to our children the doctrine of Jesus Christ. How knowledgeable are our children when it comes to the church that we read about in the New Testament? do our children know the bible says that there's just one church that's what the doctrine of christ teaches in ephesians 6 i mean 4 and 4 through 6 there's just one head in the church of christ and that's the lord himself ephesians 1 22 and 23 that there's only one way to get into christ and that is to be baptized into christ galatians 3 26 and 27 that there's only one way to worship God, and that is to worship Him in spirit and in truth. John 4, 24. There are a lot of things that we can add to that list. But the point is, is that we want to impress our, upon our children the importance of staying true to the noc- doctrine of Christ. But then there's a second thing that Paul stressed, not just doctrine, but duty. Look at 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12. Paul said, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Paul was telling Timothy here. and Timothy's a young man. He said, Timothy, I want you to be a model of New Testament Christianity for all to see. I want you to show the world what it means to be a New Testament Christian. That's your duty. And in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 12, he would say, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. That's your duty. In 2 Timothy 2 in verse 1, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That's your duty. In 2 Timothy 4 and verse 2, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. What is it that we want for our children? We want them to be faithful to the doctrine of Christ and we want them to feel a sense of duty to the Lord. We want them to carry on the faith, to carry that baton, if you will, to pass it on to future generations as grandmother to mother to Timothy did. We want them to carry on that faith. Now that's why when Paul wrote to Timothy, In 2 Timothy 2 and verse 2, notice, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou the faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. That's what we want to do. We want to instill our children in our children a sense of duty so that one day they can pass this faith on to other people. In closing, let me ask this question. Is your home built on the Lord Jesus Christ? Is your home built on the Lord Jesus Christ? If not, why not? God has given us everything possible right here in his word. If the Lord were to survey your home, just like he surveyed the seven churches of Asia recorded by John in Revelation 2 and 3, if if he were to analyze what's going on within the framework of your home, what would his assessment be? Would he say, now that's a home founded on right principles, on righteousness, or will the Lord be disappointed? Will the Lord say, you know what? You got some work to do. But today's the day to get started. You've lost a lot of time. Let's make up some time. Let's get things right. You need to make some changes. All of us have the responsibility, if you will, to give our very best to God. And as parents, we want to give our best to God. We want to give our best to our children. And it begins by teaching, instructing them. It begins by ultimately laying the right foundation, building our home. Jesus Christ.